So I'm making an attempt to record some of the material that we learned over the days of Rosh Hashanah. I'm going to start actually with the last small unit that we covered on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. And hopefully Bezvat Hashem will be able to cover the larger pieces that we learned as well. So just as an aside, this wasn't even the main subject of the learning for the day, but I had raised the question, which is somewhat of a well-known question, why is it that in the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah, that when the Torah describes the additional sacrifice for the day of Rosh Hashanah, it uses the term va'asitem ola, you shall make a burnt offering. Typically the language is vikravtem ola, you should sacrifice or offer a burnt offering. Only in Rosh Hashanah do we find the language va'asitem, you shall make the burnt offering. So the very unusual language that stands out uh, to a careful reader who's paying close attention to those nuances um, it's very unusual language in the context of Korbanot. So this question led us to a Yerushalmi. There, the commentaries in general don't offer much by way of a solution to the problem. They don't really deal with it. But one of them, the Balea Tosafot, they, uh, they directed us, they uh, sent us in the, to a Yerushalmi in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Perek Dalid Halachachet, that addresses this question. Before we get into the answer of the question, the main topic of the Gemara over there, uh, it, and again, this was just a, a sidebar in our learning. This wasn't even the main topic, so we just kind of like went with the flow. Uh, the topic over there was the question of why we blow the shofar, specifically in Musaf of Rosh Hashanah, and not during Shacharit, when one would think that you would put a mitzvah, an important mitzvah, as early as possible. So the first answer the Gemara gives is a practical answer, that it shouldn't be misunderstood, that one time it happened, that they blew the shofar early, the Gentiles uh, misconstrued it as a call to war, and they went and attacked the Jews and killed them, and therefore they said it's better that they first see us praying and understand that this is a ritual and it's not related to warfare, and they leave us alone. But then the Gemara gives a, a little bit more of a, uh, an, a substantive answer, not just a practical answer. It says, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, Beshem Rabbi Alexandri, Shemala min Hada. He learned it from the following text. Uh, this is Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi in the name of Rabbi Alexandri. Shima Shem Tzedek. So this is a pasuk in its totality from the book of Tehilim. The, uh, the Gemara is taking each phrase from the uh, uh, from the Pasuk, which is in it's actually in Tehilim Perak Yud Zayin. It's uh, taking each phrase and interpreting it. So it says Shimu Shima Hashem Tzedek Hear Hashem Tzedek, righteousness Zokriyat Shema, this is referring to the reading of the Shema Kshiva Rinati, hear my song, Zorinun Torah, this is the song of Torah, Hazina Tefilati Give ear to my prayers, or tefillah. This is talking about tefillah, meaning tefillah shacharit, and below siftei mirma, without uh, lips of deceit. Zo musaf. This is musaf. And maktiv batrei. What does it say right after below siftei mirma, without lips of deceit? It says milifanecha mishpati. It says from before you, my judgment should go out. So what does that tell us? That tells us that mishpat, the judgment, which is associated with the shofar, should be uh, connected to, linked to tefillat musaf. Now we got into a discussion here of why is it that tefillat musaf specifically 
is described as below siftei mirma, that it's without lips of deceit. Why is tefillat shacharit? The implication is that tefillat shacharit is somehow uh, less truthful, more deceitful than tefillat musaf. Why would that be? Uh, but we uh, we came back to that answer uh, towards the end. But the end of the Gemara, and again, skipping just a little bit, because then the, um, the Gemara gives another answer, and then finally comes to the question that was uh, the one that led us here. Bechol korbanot katuv v'kravtim v'kan katuv With all of the other korbanot, it says, you shall offer. And here it says, v'asitem, you shall make. Amar lana kadosh baruchu. Because the Holy One, blessed be He, says to them, Since you have entered before me in judgment on Rosh Hashanah and gone out in peace, I consider it as if you were created into a new creation. You became a new creation. Now, of course, the problem is, it doesn't say you became a new creation. It says that you should make the... Uh, you should make the burnt offering, not that you are being made. So that's one of the uh, difficulties in that drasha. Uh, but in, in the end, after a lot of discussion, a lot of thought, and a lot of back and forth, so we tried to answer the two basic questions. Number one, why the word va'asitem? And number two, why musaf is considered a more truthful tefillah? Because the implication is that because Musaf is the best tefillah, that's why we want our mishpat, we want our judgment to come before God only during the Musaf. But why is it the best tefillah? Um, so to answer the question we began with, va'asitem ola, so we made the suggestion that what's really the difference between the words ve'ikravtem and va'asitem? Ve'ikravtem me implies distance because it's saying you shall bring it close. Shall bring it close implies that right now you're distant and you have to, you have to step closer. You're offering something that right now is far away. Whereas va'asitem, making, when you make something, it means you don't have to move. You don't have to come closer. You're already there, so to speak. And since you're, so to speak, already there, um, uh, all that's necessary is the doing, not ve'ikravtem not the bringing close. So the suggestion was that Vasitim is on Rosh Hashanah since through the experience of Rosh Hashanah, since through the shofar, since through the, uh, the tefillot, we are elevated and we come close to Hashem already. And that was one of the things that we discussed actually in the context of uh, the shofar discussion that we had that day as well, the argument between the rabbis and Rabbi Yossi regarding the shofar that I'm going to record in a different recording. But the uh, but since the teruah, since the since the shofar and the state of mind of Rosh Hashanah has already transported us almost as the Gemara says, as if we were in the Kodesh Kodashim itself, as if we were in the Holy of Holies, that we reach a very high level of closeness to Hashem through the experience of the tefillah and the shofar of Rosh Hashanah. Therefore, va'asitem. Therefore, it's not necessary v'ikravtem. V'ikravtem implies a distance, implies a space, implies a, uh, some kind of a length that we have to traverse in order to come close to Hashem and do the, do the korban. Here, we're already there, so we say va'asitem. And I, uh, I was suggesting further that perhaps, um, uh, and this is all tentative because we were just learning this along the way. This wasn't something that uh, w- that I had a chance to really look at beforehand. So I'm just throwing this out as a suggestion. Perhaps 
the Midrash of the Chachamim, that they said, since you came before me for judgment on Rosh Hashanah, and you went out in peace, I considered it as if you were created into a new creation. So even though the Asitem there, the Chachamim are interpreting it as if we are the ones who were transformed. And actually in the verse, in the Pasuk, it says that the Korban is what was made. That could fit in with this explanation. In other words, that our creation of ourselves, our renewal of ourselves, our transformation of ourselves through the shofar and through the tefillah is what therefore leads to our korban being of a different nature because we're approaching God from uh, less of a distance. There's va'asitem instead of v'hikraftem. This could be what the rabbis are getting at. It's not that they're trying to do violence to the text and they don't realize that va'asitem olah is not saying that we were made, but it's saying that the korban was made. They realize that. But they're saying that because we are a new creation because we have been transformed from the tefillot and the, sho- and the shofar of Rosh Hashanah um, in that way. Therefore, our korban is also coming from closer proximity to Hashem than it normally would. And that was the explanation we offered. And we said, well, what about, and the question was raised, well, what about uh, Yom Kippur then? So the answer that was suggested is that on Yom Kippur, you already have a distance again because you have to go through an entire process of entry into the Kodesh HaKodeshim that is uh, very complex and is multi-step. And therefore, you can't really say that you have that closeness that the Shofar gave you on Rosh Hashanah. The Kohen Gadol has to enter into a new level of Kiddushah on Yom Kippur and there and that which entails a whole separate process of preparation and, and a whole different approach, and therefore can't be va'asitim, but would be ve'ikravtem. That was the suggestion that we said. Now, with regard to the, uh, with regard to the uh, belosiftim yoma, why is the musaf called belosiftim yoma? So first, looking at that drasha, it talks first about kriyat shema, Torah, tefillah, and musaf. So um, I had mentioned that the kriyat shema and tefillah are related. I'm sorry, kriyat shema and Torah are related because kriyat shema is really the foundation of Torah. Kriyat shema is what is the bookends of our learning of Torah for the day. The first thing a person learns in the day is kriyat shema. It's the fundamentals. All of our learning should be based upon the fundamentals of Judaism, the fundamental principles, and should always go back to the fundamental principles. So there's a kriyat shema in the beginning of the day, kriyat shema at the end of the day. And actually the, the chachamim say in the Gemara that only if a person gets up before kriyat shema, to learn Torah, do they say the brachot on the Torah? Normally, seemingly, they would rely on the bracha of avat olam before the Shema because um, that is basically the yisod, the foundation of all other learning of Torah. All learning of Torah begins with the ideas expressed in the Shema and ultimately all the proper learning of Torah should lead us back to the ideas that are uh, contained in the Shema. It is the uh, it is the basis of everything, and uh, there's a I I didn't mention this in the shiur, but um, there are some achronim that even that even argue that really there's a mitzvah. Really, according to the pshat, the mitzvah is to learn Torah day and night. It says vidibartabam. You're supposed to speak of them. It says uh, kumecha day and night, and the chazal were the ones who established that it should be. Kriyat Shema specifically that should be read in day and night because there's an opinion in the Gemara that says that Kriyat Shema is only Torah Banan and, and some of the Achronim 
uh, argue that that doesn't mean that the whole institution is, is Dorabanan. It means that really there's a mitzvah to learn Torah and the rabbis were the ones who decided that those are the paragraphs we should read. But be that as it may, the point is that they, there is an idea of framing our learning of Torah with the Kriyat Shema. So right after that it says, Hakshiva Rinati, listen to our song. This is the Torah, the development and the extension and the recombination of the ideas that are implicit in the Shema. And then you have Tfilah and then you have Musaf. So the suggestion um, that I offered in uh, on Rosh Hashanah is that tefillah, why is it that the Musaf is more truthful, is more genuine, is more authentic than the first tefillah? Because the further you get into the mode of tefillah, the more removed you are from the distractions and the more you have shed the connection to the mundane that you're trying to progress away from in tefillah. So when you first come to synagogue, half of your mind is still outside the synagogue. You're praying shacharit, but you've just gotten there and you haven't fully transitioned into the mode of tefillah. When have you really attained complete and genuine focus in your tefillah? That's only in the musaf, because now that you've already been in the Bit Knesset, you've prayed shacharit, you listened to the Kriyat Torah, you've um, centered yourself, reoriented yourself to um, to tefillah, and you're more distant from uh, your mundane involvements and what's going on outside the Bet Knesset or outside of the framework of tefillah. Therefore, your musaf comes from a place of greater focus and greater engagement. It's almost like you're climbing up a ladder. You start with shacharit at the very, very beginning. By the time you reach musaf, you're fully in it, you're fully involved. And therefore, what the Gemara is really saying is that the reason why we blow the shofar in the musaf is not because of a practical reason and not just because, as the other answer offers or suggests, because we always, uh, we always have whatever is unique about the day in the Musaf. Rather, it's because Musaf is the best of the tefillot. It's the highest quality of tefillah and we want the shofar which is presenting ourselves before Hashem for judgment, presenting ourselves, bringing ourselves mentally into that mode of standing before Hashem for judgment, that it should be during the tefillah that we are the most engaged and uh, in which we are uh, the, you know, have the most genuine and intense focus so that we are at our best tefillah-wise when we blow the shofar. So again, we learned v'asitem ola, which we interpreted as uh, referring to the idea that the transformative power of Rosh Hashanah is such that our avodah, that the korbanot are coming from a pla- place of greater closeness to God and therefore don't require vikraftim, which implies distance. That was the first idea. And the second idea was with regard to Musaf, that the reason why Musaf is special, the reason why Musaf is uh, is the ideal vehicle of the shofar is because by the time we've reached Musaf, the process of tefillah is the process of trying to get away from engagement with the mundane and uh, to reorient our minds, to center them on the divine, on the big picture, on standing before God. We only really fully achieve that when we get to tefillat Musaf, when we are knee deep in the experience of prayer. And that was how we explained those two ideas. Of course, there are two other ideas in the Gemara, one that just gives a practical reason for why the shofar is blown during the Musaf to avoid misunderstanding of the Gentiles. And another one that uh, suggests that Musaf is the best vehicle of the shofar because the shofar is what's unique to the holiday and whatever's unique to the holiday is generally 
um, is generally connected to Musaf. But these ideas are a little bit more specific to Rosh Hashanah and I think really brought out some of the themes that we had been discussing in other contexts, so they were especially meaningful on this Rosh Hashanah. So Bezrat Hashem, and other two recordings, I'll record uh, what we learned on the first day of Rosh Hashanah in, uh, about the Shabbaton and about Zichron Torah, and I'll also try to record what we learned about Shofar Shel Parah on the second day of Rosh Hashanah.